This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Welcome to Voices of the Walrus on AMI-audio, where professional readers give voice to articles from Canada's best general interest magazine. I'm your host, Roger Ashby. Inuit throat singing typically features two people who alternate between quick rhythmic breaths to produce sonic layers from high-pitched tones to hoarse guttural expressions. Nunavut-born Reet's new album brings throat singing to the nightclub. Norma Wick reads Vocal Range by Carly Lewis. Carly Lewis is a writer living in Toronto. Her work has appeared in New York Magazine, The Atlantic, The Globe and Mail, and The Guardian. I'm Norma Wick. This article contains mature language. Listener discretion is advised. This is a music article titled Vocal Range by Carly Lewis from the May issue of The Walrus. Deep in the mazy gray passages of Toronto's CBC headquarters, Nunavut-born throat singer Reet is gleaming. She's in studio to record some songs from her debut album, Atataga. From my perch in the sound booth, I listen as she and her co-singer, Alexia Galloway-Alenga, move between luscious Inuktitut harmonies and the commanding thunder of throat singing, their vocals steadied by the pulse of electronic beats. This fusion feels energizing. Tradition meets a party scene on a zesty TV melodrama. Inuit throat singing typically features two people who alternate between quick, rhythmic breaths to produce sonic layers, from high-pitched tones to hoarse, guttural expressions. As Reet and Galloway Alango work through the tracks, they switch back and forth. Reet often takes the lead on the melody, while Galloway Alanga anchors the song with solo throat singing. Sometimes throat singing is the focus. Sometimes it's the structure. At the end of the album's title song, the backing music falls away, and Reet and Galloway Alanga face off, allowing the listener to hear the power of Inuit throat singing on its own. For almost a minute, the singers intricately counter each other, The song ends only when they erupt into laughter. I almost burped, exclaims Reet. She makes a tilted hand motion to her manager, signaling that she'd like the wine brought in from her dressing room. For the taping, Reed and Galloway Alanga selected bright green skirts that they'd found in an eccentric Queen West dress shop. The color glows in the darkness of the studio. Its shade is likely to be found on a club district tube top as within a wave of the northern lights. I later search a color wheel until I find the exact hue. Arctic lime. The week prior to the CBC performance, 24-year-old Reed, full name Rita Claire Mike Murphy, was in her hometown of Punuktuk, a hamlet near a fjord in the Kikitaluk region. Punuktuk, 50 kilometers south of the Arctic Circle, and with a population of around 1,500, is often called the Switzerland of the Arctic, owing to the mountains and majestic swaths of glacial blue that ornament its horizon. Reet was briefly enjoying a reprieve from a touring schedule that had sent her through Canada and Europe. She spent her days hiking, fishing, and preparing country food like seal and maktak, whaleskin and blubber. 
Greet first made a name for herself in 2017. After releasing a self-titled home-recorded three-song EP that Exclaim described as an enchanting blend of mellow folk rock. It earned nominations at the Indigenous Music Awards and the Western Canadian Music Awards and is still proudly on display in the Akalawit Airport gift shop. But when writing Atataga, which was released last October, she embarked toward a different sound, exchanging the light, guitar-focused folk stylings that had brought her early recognition for a more danceable design. This mix of traditional throat singing and perimeter-pushing experimentation has led to an eclectic performance history. Last March, Reet and Galloway Alenga traveled to London to perform for the Duke and Duchess of Sussex at a private embassy showcase. The following night, they were in Paris for a UNESCO event. Then, in October, Reed opened for Wollastowick musician Jeremy Dutcher's sold-out show at Toronto's Danforth Music Hall, which has a capacity of nearly 1,500. When I begin to ask if she's endured any pushback for her evolving style, Reed answers before I can complete the question. Like I'm sinning, she says, noting that most people have been supportive. Last summer, she plotted a mini-tour of Nunavut, swapping marquee venues for elementary school gymnasiums. She played in Akalawit, Baker Lake, and Chesterfield Inlet, the latter with a total population of about 440. This was their first time hearing my new music, going from a Nuktatuk folky pop to sticky electronic, she says. I could tell some were so confused, like, do I like this? In southern Canada, people love it, and then, playing the shows back home, they're like, what is this? But it makes sense. It's a completely new sound for Inuktitut music. Inuit throat singing dates back generations as a way for two women to connect and pass the time while others were out hunting. It originated as a friendly competition. The winner was the last singer to stumble or laugh. In the 18th century, Christian missionaries started arriving in the north and sought to repress Inuit arts, culture, and language. As part of their campaign, they banned the practice. Throat singing's public resurgence began in the 1980s, and in the following decades, younger generations worked with elders to learn traditions that were under threat of being lost. Its revival is as much a musical movement as it is proof of what can be reclaimed. Reed spent her childhood learning throat singing techniques from her cousin, singer Becky Killebuck. One thing she said that stuck with me was, Don't be afraid to go super guttural and deep, Reed says. That's the type of throat singing that I personally am amazed by. There are a range of different forms of throat singing practiced around the world. Tuvan singers from Central Asia are famous for their ability to generate multiple sounds at the same time. South African Kosa singers perform complex rhythms that rely on two basic notes. What sets Inuit singers apart, says Killebuck, is their ability to change sounds in quick succession. A master can go from deep and bass-heavy to bright and bird-like almost instantly. When two or more people sing together, they echo one another's choices, resulting in an extraordinary range of tones that are simultaneously high and low. Before Reet started recording a tataga, 
she asked her producer, Graham Walsh, to visit Akalawit. She wanted him to understand the inimitability of Nunavut and the extent to which her home guides her work. While in Akalawit, he gathered field recordings to include on the album. Ravens cawing, footsteps on snow, an ulu knife being sharpened, the sound of caribou meat being sliced. I wanted to capture as much of the environment as I could, he says. Whether overtly or subconsciously, it's in the music. Reet's reinvigorated direction on Atataga has won her fans within the music industry. Her album was recently nominated for Indigenous Artist or Group of the Year at the 2020 Juno Awards. Chaka V. Greer, writing in Now magazine, awarded the album four stars out of five and described Reed as an artist who knows exactly what she wants to say and how she wants to say it. This clear-heartedness is evident in Reed's lead single, a duet with South African-Canadian singer Zaki Ibrahim called Uvanatal. In it, they reference the hashtag MeToo movement and call out abuse of men. In English, our blood starts to boil, our eyes catch on fire when we see a woman bruised. The singer's ire culminates in a whispered, Fuck you, when a few English lines on the record. Reet received vitriol for the song online. She felt that the detractors were accusing her of hating men, but she remains undeterred. During live performances, she prefaces her performance of Unavanatu with a call for people to intervene when they witness abuse, alongside a disclosure of her own experience of violence. When I was going through it, I felt so alone. I felt so deep in the dark, she told the audience at a recent Toronto show. I thought it was important to write a song to let other young Inuit women know that I am here supporting you. Her message seems to resonate with listeners. There was this one woman in Winnipeg who came up to me after the show and said, I had a really bad fight with my abusive boyfriend last night, and it's been going on for two years. But today you made me see the light, and I am not going back to him, Reet says. Even if I change ten women's lives because of the song, that's a milestone for me. When tenor composer and pianist Jeremy Dutcher won the 2018 Polaris Music Prize, he used his acceptance speech to declare that Canada was in the midst of an indigenous renaissance. This movement can be seen in the recent history of the Polaris itself. In the past decade, the award has been won by folk idol Buffy St. Marie, genre-defying artist Lido Pimienta, and Tanya Tagok, whose third album, Animism, was an international hit and brought the term throat singing into dozens of headlines around the world. In northern Canada and beyond, this renaissance has taken hold, thanks in part to the 2016 launch of Akaluk Music, the first Nunavut-based record label. Prior to Akuluk, there were no managers, booking agents, producers, or publicists who focused on developing and exploring the territory's musicians, especially those whose lyrics are in Inuktitut. Reet was among the label's inaugural artists, alongside alt-country outfit The Jerry Cans, whose members founded the label, rising pop star Asiva, bluesy rockers Josh Q in the trade-offs, and Northern Hayes, whose 1985 debut marked the first Indigenous-language rock album recorded in North America. Reed has since signed to Toronto-based Six Shooter Records. 
While Reet's approach to throat singing is innovative, she is one of several Inuit artists whose style is revitalizing the form. In November, sibling duo Pilk Silk from Yellowknife released a throat singing Christmas album. Another twosome, the Juno-nominated Scylla and Rise, are also incorporating electronic elements into their throat singing sound. As audiences become acquainted with all the ways throat singing can be performed, Reet, too, continues to bloom. In addition to being a singer, she hosts an educational children's show on APTN called Anana's Tent. And last summer, she spent a month performing in the live theater show Unique Tuit, working alongside a cast of musicians and circus artists to tell the stories of Inuit founding myths. For our performances, I kept drawing this tattoo on with eyeliner, Reet says, softly dragging her finger down her chin to show where it was placed. The day after the unique Katuat show in Iqaluit, her friend Ipixuat texted her out of the blue to ask if she wanted a tattoo. Reed had been thinking about getting a design on her thighs. But when they later met up to start the process, Reed noticed that Ipixuat kept looking at her face. And so it was determined that Reet would be adorned with a talarutit, traditional chin tattoos. Where Reet is from, it signifies that she has entered womanhood. The art of Inuit face tattoos, like throat singing, had once been banned by colonists. It, too, is now being revitalized. It was such a powerful experience, being tattooed traditionally, Reet says. I feel like I've always had it. That was a music article titled Vocal Range by Carly Lewis from the May issue of The Walrus. I'm Norma Wick. You've been listening to Voices of the Walrus on AMI-audio, produced by Don Dickinson. Audio engineering by Sam Robinson and Bill Shackleton. The manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank, and I'm your host, Roger Ashby. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider giving us a rating and review and subscribe for more. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.